before the episode starts, I want to let y'all know that the podcast is going through a rebrand. You probably noticed when you were looking at your phone or however you access this podcast that the name has changed from Long Hair Do Care to Do Care Podcast. Also, you probably noticed that the logo changed to having one silhouette to two silhouettes. Why on earth could that be? You're going to have to listen to the next episode to find out and probably another one after that to discuss why it was changed to Do Care Podcast. Know that in this episode, I still say long hair Do Care because the decision had not been made at the time of this recording. For now, you may proceed to this wonderful episode that I recorded with Erica Lindstrom. Welcome to episode 31 of Long Hair Do Care. I am your host, Georgie Corkery, pronouns she, they. And this podcast discusses topics that relate to queer intersectional ecofeminism. And today we'll be focusing a little bit more on racism, but how it ties potentially to Legos. I'm jumping into this without much background, just like you. So we're in this together. And to talk about this subject is Erica Lindstrom. Erica is the Gender and Sexuality Coordinator at the USU Inclusion Center, and not only that, she is a recurring guest from episode 25, titled Intersections of the Civil and Gay Rights Movements. Hi, Erica. Welcome. Well, thank you. Excited to be back. Yeah, it's it's great. I think you're my second recurring guest. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Would you mind saying your full name and your pronouns. Yeah. Well, my full name is Erica Danielle Lindstrom, and my mm-hmm. pronouns are she, her. I do see Danielle Lindstrom in your email. Uh-huh. Is that what you prefer? No. So it's a really odd story. So Erica Danielle is actually my first name. Oh. I don't have a middle name, but when you type in Erica Lindstrom and Google it, it's kind of like saying Jane Smith in Sweden. It's a very common name. So oh. I put, so in my email signatures and stuff, so it's easier to find me, I put Danielle, but I yeah. go by Erica. Okay. I was, yeah, I was wondering about that. What are you most excited to talk about today for this episode? Oh, as far as like Legos and racism? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Quite a bit. It, so give my disclaimer is I absolutely love Legos. As you're looking at my office and for listeners, there are Lego plants. There are an LGBT plus Lego representation. I have some other figures. I have a Lego basket for people to build. I might have to take some pictures of these things to post later. Because especially this uh, Lego rainbow. Yeah, it's the everyone is awesome set. What I also like to examine, so the products that we consume, um, because I grew up with Legos, I still love them, but also have to look at them a little bit more like deeper mm-hmm. and once you see it it might be hard to unsee it in legos yeah. so i'm excited to dive in to show you some of the rep- examples mm-hmm. i've been thinking about it ever since you brought it up last time we talked i people will ask me i'm like i'm gonna do this interview they're like well what's it about I'm like well <laughs> <laughs> tbd you gotta listen to my podcast well before we jump into the topic of legos have you seen any cats recently or interacted with any cats or fuzzy creatures? I haven't, but I have chickens. Okay. 
Chickens are good. Yeah. Chickens are cool. Yeah. I see a chicken painting behind you or yeah. drawing. Or Yeah, a friend gave that to me, but I have five chickens, and so with these egg prices and stuff, it's kind of been nice to be oh, like, oh, gosh, I, I guess I won the Utah lottery because uh, yeah. they're pretty fun. Yeah. Chickens are really hilarious, the little dinosaurs that they are. Oh, yeah. Cats that I've seen recently are my friend Ronan's cat, Milo. I have mentioned Milo and Ronan on basically every single episode of this podcast so far. But now Ronan and Milo have moved away. So it might be the last, at least for now. And then Milo, before him and Ronan moved, had a new roommate that was just temporary, but I don't remember that cat's name, but... He was fat, old, and he was very sweet, and he's just like the kind of cat that you're just, you can't not pet. And then I met two cats that actually were live-in roommates permanently named Moose and Zeus, and I thought that was cute. They had, you know, they had separate owners, and then they moved in as roommates, and then they just happened to have rhyming names, so it was very cute to meet Moose and Zeus. For wildlife, have you seen any wildlife recently? I know it's it's cold and snowy, and I don't know if you go out in it. I have not. Um, It's just been kind of other than, like, well, if you count cows, but (laughs) that's about all I have for you right now. Yeah. I, in town, in Logan, Utah, where we are right now, I've only really seen deer in the road, but I went to Mexico, so I saw some pretty cool animals most notably manta rays, which there's, I learned the difference. There's manta rays and there are stingrays, and manta rays are bigger. Oh. And their mouths are different. I looked it up and I learned a bunch of stuff <laughs> and I forgot most of it. But manta rays are huge. They're, they can be like four feet wide, and I think that's about as big as the ones that I saw. I was out on a little paddleboard or kayak or canoe, one of, one of those, and in the Sea of Cortez, and they jump out of the water and slap the water, and they just keep doing that. And so I think I saw a bunch of them because of how fast they were jumping out of the water. Maybe it was just one that's quick. I'm not sure. And apparently they do that because either they're itchy or they want to get parasites off of them when they slap the water, or just for kicks. Hmm. I thought that was interesting. I also saw red cardinals for the first time, which are really beautiful birds. They're like, I, yeah, you see depictions of them all the time, but in Utah, you don't see them. And then frigate birds, which if you're a birder, you're excited about this. If you're not a birder, you're like, that's a weird name. But they're big black seabirds, and they have this big red, it's a gular pouch, basically like a pelican. They have this pouch under their beak, and it fills up really, really big. Their main prey is squid, so they just like fill that pouch up squid and then I saw well actually I didn't see a bunch of tiny jellyfish but I got stung by them and if I were to be stung by jellyfish once in my life that's exactly how I'd want to be stung by them because it wasn't that bad I also saw iguanas and black-tailed brush lizards a bunch of puffer fish brown pelicans great blue herons and double-crested cormorants for all you bird nerds who are wondering if I kept a bird list in Mexico which I kind of did and kind of didn't that's my wildlife. For conscious content consumption, I'll let you go first. You have a book that I'm 
Yeah. Um, it has piqued my interest. Yeah. This is by Eduardo um, Bonilla Silva, and it's Racism Without Racist. And so the author brings it, if we're all saying we're not racist, how do we have a system of systematic oppression and how it's still going on? And a lot of times people, or individuals rather, will kind of frame it of like, well, we don't have what we see as like completely overt racism in the sense of like, okay, we had the segregation. So therefore, there's no more racism, where the author actually ties it in from the 1960s on and how there's different systems about and how we can still benefit from the structure of racism and what, how do we need to actually challenge white supremacy in all yeah. these different processes. You mentioned that you read it for a class, mm-hmm. and that's this book specifically yes. is used in class, mm-hmm. but that maybe should be used broader. I definitely <laughs> think so. If you can remember... It's probably been a minute since you read it. What was most exciting about it for you? I think how we construct and how we challenge and the mindset of what racism actually looks like. Because again, if you are benefiting from privileges and not having the barriers placed inside, it's kind of like how do we actually own our own positionality and benefit from it? And then how do we move past that shame and actually talk about, okay, I'm benefiting from this. What do we need to challenge? What does this need to look like? Yeah, and I think a lot of people get stuck right there, or at least people um, who I'm talking to these days in 2023. Yeah. I think hopefully we're all learning a little bit more how to create better systems. Yeah. So the author is really strong about colorblind racism and what does that look like. And I think it's a really good read. I will definitely uh, link that in the show notes for folks. My conscious content consumption for the episode is someone I think you should follow on Instagram. His name is Joseph Sanders. He's a black photographer and naturalist who does macro photography, and it's absolutely stellar. And contrary to what my dyslexic mind would think, macro photography is looking at small things. So you have a a big camera to look at tiny things. And his wildlife photography that you can see on his Instagram is incredible. He is also a co-founder of Black AF in STEM, and he is one of the co-organizers for the inaugural Black Birders Week, which I've talked about a few times on the show, but it happens in June. His Instagram for wildlife photography is at Reels on Wheels. And then he also has some urban photography at St. Moore. And again, all of these are going to be linked in the show notes. You should definitely follow him on Instagram. He also has a website with more photos. He also has a link tree so you can find all of his stuff and a Patreon, which you can absolutely go to to support all the cool work that he does. And I found him on the podcast Ologies, which I mentioned to you earlier, Erica. I've mentioned it a few times on the show. And the episode specifically was titled A Periology, a.k.a. Macro Photography with Joseph Saunders. So that's the name of the podcast episode. And Joseph and Allie Ward, who is the host of the show, they talked shop about cameras, bug hunting, lenses for bugs, the patients who need to take pictures of bugs and small things, moth week, which apparently is a big thing. I've never heard of it, but people go nuts about moths, black AF and STEM, of course, and getting into nature with different mobility concerns. I highly recommend you listen to that episode. It is really enlightening for me and just to, just to hear more folks talk about the barriers to getting into being either a naturalist or in the field of natural resources while you are a person of color and you have different abilities. 
it's just so good and he was really cool to listen to and now i'm following his instagram and i'm like ooh, what a great photo of a praying mantis they're so cool um you can see like dust on spiders faces it's really cool and that's all i have for my conscious content consumption so let's let's talk about legos yeah. <laughs> so I think what we need to do is, like, with Legos, everyone generally has a fond memory of it. If they played with it or did Mega Blocks and things. What inspired me to dive into Lego representation is I started to look at different models and things. And do you know what the first time a black representation of Legos figures were? I think so, but only because we talked about it in the past, okay. but I also might be wrong. Okay. Um, is it something to do with Star Wars? Yes, correct. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mace Windu. So what happened originally is when Star Wars came out, and you'll see with this in the older Lego models, if they partnered after like a movie franchise or a book series or things like that, is the Lego figures were originally yellow. And mm -hmm. with Lego figures, the reason Lego figures were yellow is it used to be wooden blocks. Then they made them into different building things. They were wooden blocks? Mm -hmm. Legos originally were wooden blocks oh. and stuff. Um, and like were like a duck toy and all these things. And Lego means hmm. play well and, um, and things. It, mean, so, it means play well? Uh-huh. Lego oh. is the word and it means play well. I never knew that. Yeah. I had no idea where that came from. And so they made, they did a survey and they voted and was like, what color do you want your Lego figures? And kids wrote in and things and they're like, yellow. So yellow was the winner. And so that's the reason Lego figures are yellow. When Star Wars came out, the first like wave of things, it was glaringly missing Mace Windu as a character. So there was actually kind of petitions. There was a movement, things, or not so much a movement, but a big awareness that Mace Windu was missing from the Lego series. So later on, Lego made Mace Windu, but Mace Windu was black. Hmm. But all the other Lego figures were yellow. So it went from a world where there was no race or ethnicity of any kind of representation where Lego was the neutral playing field to wait a minute. Yellow has a, yellow all this time been the default as white. Hmm. So we have to ask ourselves that question. Then the next black representation later on going out from it is... Basketball? It, yes, it was. <laughs> it was the NBA basketball series, and so it was with the players there. Then it came Pirates of the Caribbean, and it was Cannibal. And then Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. One of the series, it, it was the when like, Jack Black, um, I think he was separated and stuff, so it was Cannibals. One of the sets actually oh. has a bone cage and okay. things like that. That was like the second or third movie. Yeah. They got wild with those movies. I liked yeah. the first one. Yeah. So for black representation, you could be a basketball player, Mace Windu, or Cannibal. That was Prince it? Yeah. Oh. And then later on, what came about was then you had the Prince of Persia series that came out mm. and it was labeled, the characters were labeled slave. <gasps> so you have this entire, here's black representation. Lego figures don't have noses. Mm -hmm. So in the 90s, though, Lego made a whole series of indigenous people with the Calvarymen, and they had Fort Legorado and stuff. For a split time period, all of a sudden, only the indigenous representation had noses, and they were very sloped and stereotypical. Mm -hmm. And also during the same time, they had the ninja series, and the eyes had a slope to them. Mm -hmm. So there was little characteristics like that. 
And you still see it today in some of these new like mystery figures. And you see it in the movies of like Taco Tuesday. You have a man in a sriracha with Morocco. Taco so, Tuesday yeah. is a movie? Or it's in the Lego movie. They have a whole oh, trope it. about Taco Tuesday. You see indigenous representation again where it's the native headband, but it's with a spear and a shield. You see this with kind of like the sumo wrestler. So you have these little odds and ends, but it has nothing else in it. It's a standalone collectible figure. You have things, again, where it may be better, but it doesn't tell you what indigenous tribe it comes from or what is this thing here other than this trope. And going back to it is there was a study done where for any individual of color representation within the Legos that were non-white, about 80 to 90 percent of the figures that were of color were scowling. Oh. Where the white representation, and when they did whiteness They're throughout all smiling the smiling and, happy. and happy. For Arabic representation, you had figures that were in turbans and scimitars, but scowling. Mm. Um, another Star Wars controversy was Jabba the Hutt's palace looks very much modeled like a mosque and oh. a very famous one. I, I have to be honest, I I'm not really a Star Wars oh, you're person. Yeah. So some of these things I'm missing, but I don't know what Jabba the Hutt's. Like, he was a villain that does horrible things. Okay. And was kind of like a crime syndicate and things like that. And like has like deals with slavery and other things. Okay. But so you have this villain and his palace is also from someone else's sacred traditions and beliefs. Oh, you said a mosque. It looks mm-hmm. like a mosque. Oh, that's so, so bad. So <laughs> you have things like that of what these representations are. And the only time you see race in Legos is when it franchises out to different movies. So then you have to ask yourself, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Because Hollywood has this huge problematic component of what representation is, biases. But then the toys are being role modeled. And when you do that, kids are replaying and reinforcing these notions. Kind of like I talked about Bonnie Nosilva. Oh, I'm not racist. But Yeah. yeah, here's the system in place. And now with Legos, the newer stuff, it's better with the Lego Friends series. Legos is doing great to show more female representation and female Lego characters. Okay. But... That was going to be one of my questions. Yeah. Because I was like, growing up, I think I had one female Lego character. Yeah. So they're doing so much better. They're showing... They have Lego figures with wheelchairs and what Lego figures with different mobility and visibility devices. Oh, that's really cool. But the thing is, they still, with the Lego Friends, it's a huge franchise for them. They're making quite a bit of money. But those Legos, the figures are different. What they're, are Lego Friends? Lego Friends, the figurines are more like little mini dolls. But okay. all the pieces are Legos. And so they usually have a pink or purplish packaging. Okay. And then I know Target a few years ago got in hot water because they're like, we're going to store all of our Legos together and make this more that toys are for anyone. Mm-hmm. Parents riled and all this. And they're like, no, no, we're going to do this. But if you go to Target, you're going to still see. The Lego Friends Legos are over what's considered in the binary of fem- femininity. Yeah. And pink. But then you have the, like, regular air quotes they're Legos. They're boys. Yeah, the they're a boy section. So you, now you have to go to two different aisles to look at all the Legos. Ugh. Same pieces, but the figurines are different to make that distinguish. So do the the characters, these friends, when you build them, are they bigger than those little, like, one-inch tall yeah, Lego Yeah, just a people? little bit bigger. Okay. And the bodies are not interchangeable. You can't use the hair pieces. You cannot do anything else. But all the rest okay. of the set is Legos. Okay. It's just a difference in the figurines of how it's done. And with that, 
the Lego Friends series, they are not yellow. They do have race ethnicity mixed in. Oh, okay. But it's not the tokenized. You have characters that have main storylines and everything else. So the Lego Friends series is great. But then when the Lego uh, does their franchises and makes money that yeah. way, it's problematic of what's being represented. I will say with their superhero ones, because Lego's partnered with Marvel, there's been some amazing representation there. So you do have like Black Panther, and you have some of these other key characters, the Rings of Chi. But again, it's only because Hollywood, in that instance of showing better representation, is then making the things. Yeah, because Black Panther, I mean, I think Marvel is doing better could do so much yes, more yes definitely but doing better than how they started mm-hmm. i as a grad student when i was reading a bunch of hardcore theory ended mm-hmm. up watching a marvel movie once a week and that was my outlet and i never thought i'd like superheroes but yeah. here i am i'm in the marvel verse and i will plug that the most recent thor movie did have a black woman who was the god king by mm-hmm. definition and she was a lesbian, and she talks about it, and she kisses another woman's hand, and it's just... And then there's another queer character in that movie, and that's the first movie that they do it in, and I was very excited about that. So, they're doing better. Could do better. Mm-hmm. Doing better and could do better. Yeah. But that's interesting to think that Lego wouldn't make other choices to branch out or... Mm-hmm. And good representation? Well, and it's still heteronormative. I know that yeah. you commented on my Lego set I have in here. It has the progress colors. It was actually commissioned, and the creator of this Lego set is within the queer community. But the thing is, if you go, they have, like, Lego wedding cake toppers and stuff mm. where it has the binary of a male and female. Yeah. Where they could just add a few more pieces. Yeah. And have the characters be androgynous or have different things, but it always looks like they have to be straight passing. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with any time they do family representation. You still have some gender tropes where, like, the Lego log cabins, it's always a father and son figure. Mm. But then for the crafty Lego sets, like the Easter egg painting or something, it's a mom and a child. Yeah. You have the family photos where they have Lego tile pieces that. So you still have a very enforcement of heteronormative things. Yeah. But, again, you don't want to fall prey to rainbow capitalism. And then also with, like, the representation, I really challenge the company. They're doing better as far as accessibility and having some other different figurines like seeing eye dogs and mobility devices and things like that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I love things like that and they're starting to move in the right direction, but they still have to be, you still have to challenge what you're buying and why. Will you go into, for listeners who don't know, why you have to be cautious of rainbow representation and what that means? Yeah. Well, what happens is there's companies and things that they either through purchasing or how they fund what that looks like. There's a lot of anti-LGBT bills. Like here in Utah right now, we have three anti-trans bills, Senate bills. And one that passed. Yeah. Which is very unfortunate. And so we're at a stage where there's constant things like that. And these are being funded by different companies and what that looks like. But then companies have also seen, okay, during the month of Pride, oh, there can be some money. So we're going to slap a rainbow on this. We're going to make this bracelet or these flip-flops mm-hmm. or this T-shirt. 
And is the money going back to queer representation and yeah. artists? Is it going back to the community? Or is it another, it's kind of treated like a gimmick? Yeah. Because those companies do not stand behind any of those values any of the other months. It's just like a Hallmark holiday to them, like Christmas mm-hmm. or Easter. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, we can sell a bunch of chocolate that's shaped like a rainbow or an Easter egg or a Christmas tree. Yeah, like if you look at the Volkswagen Beetle logo in the 1940s with World War II, you have it with the swastika. And now you have the exact same logo, but now it's got the progress and we believe in pride and how this is still in the same lifetime. Yeah. I didn't know it had a swastika on it. It was a German company. And again, when we talk about what makes the money. Yeah. What does your logo tell about you? Oh, that's wild. That's So yeah. you see companies that will change and make rainbow company logos and sell their products, but then when it comes to standing up for something that could cause controversy, they could lose money from. Yeah, they don't they're do They're oddly it. silent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, thank you for explaining that. That makes me really wonder about this. You said... Is this your progress Yes. Well, so it is done by a queer creator that works there and was really excited. And for me, I've seen a lot of people really excited about it and showing it in different ways. I've seen educators use this set in different ways because we have, even here in Cache Valley, for instance, there's been arguments about having progress flags or any identity flags in the Mm. classroom and queer representation. But this is not a flag. This is a Lego set. It's just a Lego set. But (laughs) again, it's that symbology of I've seen really creative ways that this has been used to show allyship or to have conversations that are deeper where it's like, it's just a Lego set. What did you see it as? That's cool. So I do love that Legos has this and it is accredited to someone within the community, but I would love to see like more black voices amplified, more yeah. indigenous voices amplified in all these other areas because it's like, okay, we have one niche here, but how are we bringing in the more uncomfortable conversations? Absolutely. Because right now it's, I affectionately say this, it's cool to be gay. So in many different cool spaces, it's there. <laughs> But it's not cool to say, hey, we're racist, or hey, we have implicit bias, or hey, we're benefiting from white supremacy, and we need to start bringing the conversation there, too. Yeah. I just keep looking back at this Lego set. I wonder, do you feel hopeful for Lego doing that with Lego Friends? Or do you think it's just going to keep perpetuating the movies that we see? Well... I don't know how much you follow Lego, but you do seem to know a lot about Legos. (laughs) Well, I think it's been interesting to see how the Lego Friends came about. Before, there was like one small series called Lego Belleville in the 90s and things. Because it was first, Legos in the 70s were just like, this is a toy for everybody. And then with toxic binaries and stuff, it became more masculine Mm -hmm. and went through a transition. Because their old ads just would have a female presenting kid in overalls going, this is what I built. And you see these all ads like in the 70s and stuff. And then there was this weird transition in the 90s and 80s of, oh, this is a construction toy. And you didn't see the female characters as much. So then, all of a sudden, they're starting to see they did different experiments, and then they found out Friends is one of their top franchise. And then they're finding out that there's, again, not going past the binaries, but they're like, wait, wait, so we're saying females like to build and do construction <laughs> and do science? And, really? And it sells. Like, that is one of their top franchises. 
Yeah, well, I feel as though children who present as femme, as female, mm-hmm. they, I mean, if you go down their, their quote-unquote aisle, the one yeah. that's designated for them, there aren't a lot of build toys. There's Betty Spaghetti, and that's barely a build toy. It's yeah. just barely a step up from brat dolls, which, yeah. you know, you can take the feet off and put different feet on. So it makes sense that Legos, I mean, if that's the only outlet that's targeted towards you and who you are and what your parents think, and mm-hmm. that makes sense. It's like when uh, those movies came out. It was Brave and The Hunger Games, and then suddenly girls who wanted to do archery skyrocketed, and now there's a bunch of women and femmes doing archery, and that's super cool. And I think it's just because they're seeing it with those things, and there's been more people championing, like, as far as disability rights, of, like, seeing that represented. And I see stories, because I'm in different Lego groups and stuff online, of people going, I see myself, there's me. Look, you're not going to believe it. The set's coming out. It's me. There are Lego groups online. Oh, so Legos is right now bringing... uh, There's AFOLS, adult fans of Legos. Okay, And so, yeah, so there's actually huge communities of adults that do Legos. And so the Lego Idea series is actually adults that build Legos. They submit it to the website, and you vote on it. And, like, the sets that get the most votes, they actually build it and create new sets. So that's where the Lego typewriter came from. That's where the Lego ship in the bottle set came from. They have all sorts of different ones. I believe Winnie the Pooh came from that, that one set. And I'll say Lego Ideas, it was consumers like creating the sets and what they wanted to see represented. And then people were like, yes, that's how some of these sets are coming about, too. That's so clever on their part because then they have this other source of creativity. But it's a fun contest for adults to enter. and, And I bet... I bet all of them are pretty good. Yeah. Not just the ones that win. (laughs) Well, there's conventions. There's things here. It was the first time that there's people that make custom Legos. For instance, I have a missionary Lego set with the Little Book of Mormon. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah. I came to... That's when I knew I came to Utah at a Lego convention. They were selling these. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. They're like, this is where this will uh, thrive. (laughs) Yes. And you can find those. But it's stuff like that where you will find people that are passionate about creating their own worlds. Yeah. And it's just more like how do we keep bringing that light because now when you look at lego figures i bet you're going to start looking are yeah. they smiling who's here who's missing from this set yeah you didn't mention the the smiling or the nose i'm sure they got rid yeah. of the noses um, it was only for the small section but then you had movies like the lone ranger i've not seen the movie yeah I but just either. seeing the representation in the lego sets mm-hmm. of taking something that was very sacred within like specific tribes and then making it Hollywood. I wonder if they make custom sets for landscapes. I mean, they must, Mm -hmm. right? They have tons of landscape architecture things. You can do pick-a-brick, so you can also buy individual Lego pieces that you're wanting from their catalog. (laughs) Um, They do mosaics now, so you can do your own photo of yourself in Legos. They do quite a bit of stuff. That's wild. I imagine they have one of Arches that exists somewhere, because Arches is just so iconic for Utah. Yeah, wild. My memory with Legos is that we had a little soccer field, Uh but, you know, they were all boys. Again, I think I had one or maybe two that were not male-coded, my little Lego people. Uh But I loved them, and we still have that big Lego box, but I haven't played with them in a long time. I like the idea of adults. What did you say? What was the acronym? AFOLS. A-F-O-L-S. So adults, yeah. adult fans of Legos, adult fans of Legos. I like that a lot because I feel as though a lot of adults 
don't play anymore. And I don't know if adults are actually playing with the Legos. So you're do. like creating the world, and I think that's that's part of the imagination that goes away when you don't have toys anymore. Yeah. You're not creating that. And I have a distinct memory of saying goodbye to my my brat dolls, my Polly Pockets, and my Legos yeah. because it was like the day before middle school. And I was like, all right, I'm I can never play with you again mm-hmm. because now I'm a big kid. And I just like cried and cried. But then I saw my stuffed animals on my bed, and so I would never get rid of those. And I still haven't, so take that, social norms. (laughs) Excellent. It's cool that Legos are accessible to all ages, and hopefully moving forward a little bit. Well, there's people that use them to make prosthetics. What? (laughs) Yeah. Legos is only limited to what your imagination is. There's an individual that I remember watching a video where this uh, child, his arm was too small for a traditional prosthetic. And this guy, he also used Lego arms as prosthetics, and so he created a customized one for there. Oh, my gosh. And so, again, it's one of those that if you bring that in, bring in more race representation, and not just do your own Hollywood, but, like, what if you created your own yeah. and show things like that? And then they could easily create their own universe because yeah. they already have, and they have those Lego movies. And they have stories like of anything. safaris. They have things where you can make the whole cities and build these giant things. Yeah. So what's stopping us from making the world that we want to live in and yeah. role modeling for people to strive towards it? Oh, oh, well, that's an incredible sentiment. I want to ask, what, what was your earliest memory with Legos, if you have one? Another really problematic series. Oh, no. <laughs> My first Lego set, I was a pirate and a Polynesian representation. So Ooh. go if you look on the 90s, you're going to find things that look kind of like cannibalistic. Ooh. I don't know. Not so much that, but really accentuated features and how the female binary was like flowers on the chest and like grass skirts. But my first set... How um, did they do that with Legos? A grass skirt with Legos? Yeah, it was painted how their legs are. Okay. Yeah, so if you type in like 90s Lego pirates and stuff, you'll see some of those. And I just thought it was cool because it had a little alligator and mm-hmm. all this. And I remember my first memory of this kid bringing in this Lego figure, and I'd never seen him before. And I was like, what is this? And all mm-hmm. that. I want a Lego set. It just kind of took off from there. For me, my dad was my biggest advocate with it because he would always tell my mom, well, next year she's going to want lipstick and just want to do all this, so let's let her build. And so <laughs> joke's on them, you know. I'm in my 30s now, and I still get a Lego set for Christmas. <laughs> I love that. That's wonderful. I remember the little alien sets that they had. Yeah. And they could make little spaceships. Mm-hmm. Those were some of my favorite ones. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to share that you can think of? I think, you know, keep playing, but be very <laughs> conscious of what you're teaching and what you're reinforcing. Yeah. Whether it's yourself or with others. Yeah. Do you have any advice of, I mean, you have kids. Yeah. I think, do you have two two kids? Uh-huh, I do. How do you go about buying toys or do you have any advice for other parents who are like, what do I do? Target is split and my child feels like they have to choose. We actually had a conversation because one time we went to McDonald's and the toys that they got were what considered pink and it was like the spirited away horses. And our oldest was just devastated. He got a horse and we had a conversation about like toys are toys. 
wouldn't you want to just have like a chance to play with any toy versus just limiting what yourself is? Yeah. And so he had that aha moment and we had this very masculine challenge with this horse. And I was like, when did a horse become girl? Yeah. And so it was interesting. So for us, we just, when we catch it and then ourselves, because we're not immune, there's things that we have to constantly unlearn. And I've realized I've had to unlearn a lot of things Mm -hmm. with co-parenting with my wife. And so with them, it's more like we have conversations about it at their level. Well, okay, let's talk about this. Okay. What's these things? That seems to be a good approach. Do you go in and buy toys, I assume, when your kids aren't there? For them and have yeah. conversations with your wife about that um we kind of let them self-direct right now they're in minecraft a lot okay. so <laughs> a lot of building and things with that and with their peers so it's more like challenging okay so you were at school and you played basketball did you allow everyone to play basketball yeah who got to play at the sports because like i grew up in the era with oh you hung out with the boy are they your boyfriend and mm. making it all this weird relational thing yeah. where and it's like you can like be friends with happens. whoever it definitely does And so really emphasizing with them, play with whoever, make Mm -hmm. sure you're being kind, do your best in school, and, you know, everything else will come in place. Hmm. That's kind of what our motto is and what we try to raise our kids in. Cool. That's a great motto. Well, thank you for talking to me about Legos. I'm going to be looking up some old 90s Legos and seeing what I find. Oh, yeah. I might have to also go find my old Legos from my childhood. Or get a new set now. Or get a new set. Yeah, there's probably, you know, endless possibilities, it sounds like. I need to thank AJ Vanzabin for creating the intro music. And as my dad always says, use your head and be clever. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, hope you're having fun, staying warm, and enjoying the sunshine. Study hard and use your head and be clever and we'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye.